0: Thank you, Esther, uh, very much. Cheers, Sai. Uh, Well, here we are. Uh, Brings back some uh, old memories for most of us uh, during the COVID times, uh, dotted uh, in our homes and houses, but uh, many of us in in holiday homes and and houses across the UK and even the world, maybe. Um, Who knows where we all are? Uh, But here's what remains the same, is that we're going to open God's word and we're going to see what God has to say to us through his word as we continue our series in the book of Matthew. Um, I hope that as you listen to Esther read those stories, uh, there's a real sense of the work of Jesus as Matthew goes bang, 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 miracle after miracle after miracle. There are four miracles in that uh, really tight passage that, that Esther read. And so the prayer is, as I prayed, that God would reveal again uh, to us Jesus and we would respond uh, in the right way. I'd love to ask you. Uh, a question over the summer, I know that uh, it feels as though summer uh, is, uh, is slowly drawing to an end, bank holiday, uh, weekends, so we, we're clinging on uh, and into September, of course, we keep, we, well, we hope we keep the good weather. But as summer comes to an end and we know that summer is so different in, in many ways for us all, either holidays or children off school or different working patterns um, for some of us, uh, then, then it's it's a different routine, it's a different way of life. And so let me ask you this question. How have you responded to Jesus this summer? How have you responded to Jesus this summer? Uh, Have you been encouraged in faith? Have you found yourself being drawn to him, trusting in him, delighting in him more? Or perhaps you've been filled with doubt. Perhaps it's been a struggle. You've lost some focus and your faith seems cold. Maybe it's a summer of a mix of some encouragements and some discouragements. Hot for Jesus one day, faith is cold the next. One of my prayers this summer, uh, amidst the the ups and downs of faith and trusting in Jesus and recognising that out of routine my faith can often grow cold, (laughs) One of my prayers, uh, whenever I've been able to pray it, whenever I've had the discipline to pray, has uh, been around um, a, 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 an old hymn um, that I, I remember being, well, I remember singing as a boy um, at, uh, at my church and not really getting it then. And the tune and the words have, have, have stayed with me. And for some reason, just drawn back to those words, listen to the first verse of this hymn. Um, from a a man called William Vernon Hyam, Uh, and he talks about a a new vision of Jesus. Let me just read out the, the first verse of this hymn. I saw a new vision of Jesus, a view I'd not seen here before, beholding in glory so wondrous, with beauty I had to adore. I stood on the shores of my weakness and gazed at the brink of such fear, it was then that I saw him in newness, regarding him fair and so dear. As I read those words, as I've been reminded of those words this summer, it's been a cry of my heart that God would give me a new vision of Jesus, not, a, not, necessar- not necessarily a new experience of him, but a new vision uh, that I would keep trusting, that I would respond in faith, that I would see Jesus as the line here at the end regarding him fair and so dear, that I would see King Jesus uh, with kindness and the compassionate Lord Jesus, that he is the compassionate Lord Jesus that we see uh, in these verses. So let's keep our Bibles open and ask that God would give us a, a new vision of the Lord Jesus and these quick fire miracles will hopefully do that for us uh, this evening look Matthew pens this section to help his readers link the promises of the old testament to the reality of those promises found in Jesus see there in verse 18 right at the beginning of verse 18 while he was saying this uh, if you cast your mind back to last week and Si was preaching or we'll catch up with with the podcast, there's a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees and, and the disciples. Uh, and uh, and what Jesus is, is saying uh, is that he's saying that the religious structures uh, that have been put in place, that the Old Testament has put in place, they're now completely redundant because he fulfills them. So they're redundant in the old scheme of things, so new wine into old wineskins, no, no one does that. No one, no one puts this new wine into old wineskins, otherwise it would stretch and the wine would be let loose. That, that's just what Jesus is referring to. And he's saying that these religious structures, these Old Testament structures, they've always acted as pointers towards a restored relationship with the living God. Now, Jesus has come as the one and the means to restore this relationship and if you like these four miracles just off the back of the conversation that jesus is having about old testament promises fulfilled in him new wine into not into old wine skins no no no, it's something fresh that he's delivering something new that all the promises are coming fulfilled through him uh, and, and these four miracles act as a, a, an ID card, if you like, to the Messiah, the, the true king. It's the passport of proof. This is him. This is the anointed one sent by God. This is the one uh, who has come to bring the promises of the Old Testament to fruition uh, in God himself, in the man Jesus. He's the one who will restore the right relationship with the living God. So as we read and understand and and try and get into the depths of these four miracles, one big thing is to see that they act as an ID card uh, to the Messiah. Second, we'll see uh, that Matthew helps us see the nature of this Messiah. Uh, Hopefully you've seen that already as you've read them, his kindness and compassion and care, and love. This is Jesus. I hope that tonight, as we look at these miracles, that that grabs you again, the kind-heartedness of the Lord Jesus. And third, we'll see that a true response to Jesus is faith, faith alone, trusting him on his word. It's not a leap in dark faith, but it's a reasoned response to the clear revelation of Jesus. That's what we hold to here. This isn't me or you uh, on a Zoom call, hoping, just hoping it might be true—a blind leap in the dark—and just saying, "Well, if if he doesn't exist, uh, it's been a good time at Town Church." No, this is credible truth, and what Matthew wants us to see uh, is is that we we see we see a true response to Jesus is, is faith on credible ground, <laughs> and so I hope that your faith is encouraged or, or bolstered tonight and then fourth I think we see that the spread of the message of Jesus it cannot be stopped even when Jesus sternly warns the blind men not to tell anyone the message uh, of the good news of Jesus cannot be stopped so those four things are reiterated throughout uh, these miracles let's dive in uh, to the first miracle the dead daughter uh, we'll read again verse 18 while he was saying this a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said my daughter has just died But come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Let's jump to verse 23 and we'll come back to the woman. Verse 23, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up, and news of this spread through all that region. It's a wonderful miracle, and it's a miracle. Try and get your head in the scene. Try and understand uh, the, the grief. Uh, try and understand the utter desperation that the synagogue leader is in. He, he, he knows that she's dead. She's dead. But he thinks that Jesus can do something about the issue. She's dead. And we know when death uh, faces us, there's horrible, horrible grief and sadness. And it's gut-wrenching. We don't need to go into the detail of that tonight because we've we've all been there in some capacity at some point in life. And, and some of us uh, might have been uh, in that situation uh, recently. And so we, we, we know the emotion. These are emotional stories. Matthew, of course, is, is selective in terms of what he writes, but but they're emotional stories. Here's a, a man who's lost his daughter. Now, of course, uh, a father never, ever uh, thinks that, um, that, that he'll exceed uh, his daughter in a number of years. Uh, of course not. He, he, he knows fine well that, that he'll... He'll, he'll die and he expects that his, his daughter will be part of the funeral procession for him. And yet he's the father uh, and he's lost his daughter. And people are not gullible. The girl is dead and the family of hired professional mourners. It's not that she's asleep. It's not that she's just poorly. Um, she's dead. But look at the words of Jesus in verse 24. He says to the professional mourners, the noisy crowd, go away. You see how distinct those words are as Esther read them. Go away, says Jesus. He literally means you do not belong here. Your time has not come, you professional mourners, to mourn at this girl's funeral. This is not your time, literally, because we see at that moment a touch from Jesus brings life. And it's like being at a funeral for a Christian. Uh, It's it's wonderful and yet it's so sad. There's a bittersweet feel about the the gathering of a Christian funeral. The sting of death, however, has no place at that Christian funeral. It's like the pastor in charge just says, death, you have no place here. When we... Celebrate the life of a Christian. And when we think about death, all that's happening, and I say all because I know that we we've got to be sensitive and there's pain and sorrow for the people that have been left behind. But the Christian preacher, in, in essence, is saying, look, see this Christian, yes, physically dead as we see that individual now, but see he has life. See that the, the dead man, woman has life. Life found in Christ and life everlasting. And you see, here's the touch of Jesus to the daughter as he lifts her out of bed. It's worth stopping for a moment and remembering. Here's the promise of Jesus as Matthew captures this in this wonderful story. Here's the idea of the Messiah. He comes to bring life, life in the midst of death you see news of this sort spreads quickly it's wonderful news jesus has an answer to death is is there any better news i know we've pondered things like this at town church of course but it's worth remembering in a busy summer or a relaxed summer exactly the news that the messiah brings and the id card that he shows death He's coming for us all. Here's the Lord Jesus. And he says, A touch from me to your life brings life, life everlasting. That is good news. Oh, that we would be given a fresh vision, a new vision of the Lord Jesus who brings life in the midst of death. The unclean woman, let's go back. Verse 20, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him, touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Twelve years of bleeding, a constant menstrual cycle, the trauma. For this lady, the exclusion that she faced for Old Testament laws said that she's deemed unclean and the Old Testament structures are then unable to do anything for her 12 years of constant bleeding. And so she reaches out for Jesus. If only I touch his cloak, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. She reaches out for Jesus and Jesus heals her, thus making her clean. What does this story tell us about Jesus? What does this tell us about Jesus today? It's an encounter that Jesus is in the business of taking the unclean and making it clean, of taking hearts that are unclean before God and making them clean and right before him. A fresh picture of Jesus, a renewed vision, a new vision of Jesus helps me see again that He's taken my uncleanliness, He's taken my broken heart full of sin. And it's the condition of it, not just the things that I do, the condition of my heart. He's taken my heart and He, through His death, makes me clean, He makes me righteous before God. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it's worth noting down if you've got a pen and paper. It says this, that God made him who had no sin to be sin. So in effect, God made him who who was totally clean to be unclean for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus brings life in the face of death. Jesus cleanses in the face of uncleanliness before a righteous God. J.C. Ryle, the Bishop of Liverpool, he says this, our Lord Jesus Christ has had great experience with disease and sickness. He was an eyewitness of all the ills that flesh is heir to. He saw ailments of every description. He was brought into contact with every kind of disease and suffering. Jesus is especially fitted to be the sick man's friend he is not ignorant of our sicknesses see that of the lord jesus and of course as we read these stories they are physical ailments that we read and of course they 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 show us some deeper things but we mustn't ever bypass these these physical miracles uh, of course and it's worth just stopping into a lay by this morning uh, this afternoon or this evening even because it's dark yeah uh, third time lucky um And it's worth just pondering and saying, well, you know, what does Jesus do for our ailments, our our moments of sickness? What does he do? What is he doing? We're looking at the tender heart of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, who turns to a a, a sick woman who's 12 years of bleeding, and and he in his compassion uh, reaches out to her and cleanses her. And we must never overlook the fact that we're facing ailments and disease of every kind of course we are and can jesus do things about them now yes 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 he can he's the great physician yes he can he never promises to heal every ailment or sickness he, he never promises that that's not the promise the promises of of greater substance he has an answer for death And he has an answer for our uncleanliness. And these two stories show us that greater picture. But he has got a tender heart. And I think the quote from J.C. Ryle helps us to see that he's a friend of the sick man, the sick woman. He's been there. He saw ailments of every description. He was brought into contact with every kind of disease and suffering. And I think it's just worth saying if if you're in that situation or have been or will be to come, there's Jesus and he's kind and he's compassionate and he's with you because he's faced all of that. Let's look at the last two miracles and we'll just bunch these uh, up uh, together. The blind and the mute. Look what Jesus does. He opens blind eyes of those who humbly know of their position verse 27 as Jesus went on from there two blind men followed him calling out have mercy on us son of david have mercy on us simply means be kind be kind to us son of david they call him uh, by her name that he was known as the son of man or the son of david they they're talking about his kingly nature uh, that they're accepting that he is the one the ancestor from uh, king david and 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 again, think of the emotion of the story. Here are uh, men who are blind, two blind men. I think I've I've known one blind person. My, my grandmother got quite blind as she um, got elderly in life. And I, I remember the vulnerability that she was in. I remember her being quite scared as she quickly started losing her sight. Uh, I, I remember um, just the, the inability to manoeuvre or to get things or to do life as she once did. We don't know if these men could ever see. But what we do know is that they come to King Jesus in their utter vulnerability as blind men. Scary, scary place being blind. And they come to Jesus and they simply say, please be kind but we know you can do something about our situation. Verse 28, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. I can't imagine the moment, blind and then see. The whole of life changes. On the basis of faith, your eyes will be open, says Jesus. Eyes that are blind to the truth are opened. And of course, it's a a miracle that shows the compassion, and the kindness of Jesus with these two blind men. But it it shows us more. It shows us the blindness of a human heart. It, It shows us that when we're humble before God. So I spoke on this last week know of our position and our vulnerability uh, before our holy God and we come to him asking him to do something about it about our situation look look what he does he opens our eyes he helps us see our need and he helps us see that only the king can do something about it as I've read these miracles again and looked at them question on my mind is always, are my eyes opened? Do I see my daily need of him? Is my cry hour by hour, have mercy on me, Jesus, please be kind to me. And of course, as I look at the screen now, and I can see myself in it, then I know the answer is simply no, I, I don't do that because I like to have the answers and I like to have life sorted. And I think that a lot of the time I I go through life trusting in me and my ability, (laughs) trusting in the things that I've built life upon. Not bad things, good things, but my trust often isn't in the right place. Here's a challenge for me, for sure. Lord, open my eyes. To my need of you constantly. Have mercy on me. Be kind to me, Jesus. Keep my eyes open to my need of you and to you who can do something uh, about my situation. Verse 32 while they were going out, a man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. What do we see here? The fourth miracle that Jesus can deal with the tormented mind that Jesus has power over the schemes of the devil. Verse 33, and when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. See, the mute man now speaks. The tongues of those against God are loosened to speak and to praise his name. Wonder how your mind is, not wanting to, of course, associate you with the demon possessed man. But it's just worth stopping and thinking about the crowded mind or the tormented mind or the anxious mind or the worried mind. He's got power. He has power uh, over the schemes of the devil in every sense, in every way. Of course, he has. I long to keep seeking out Jesus when I've got a troubled head. And so often I am left uh, with my anxiety, with my anxiousness, with my thoughts, and I don't turn them over to the Lord Jesus. And again, I've been challenged just with this miracle. saying, wow, here's Jesus and he cares and he's compassionate and he's kind. And whenever the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy, then Jesus has an answer. Turn to him, turn to him, keep turning to him. And look, as we close, we've had four miracles quick. Matthew goes, bang, bang, bang. Here are the miracles I want to show you about Jesus. Here's the idea that he is the Messiah. and What a Messiah he is. He's kind, he's compassionate. He cares. He deals with the situation. And we see a response of faith every time. However, verse 34, look at that. The Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. So as we see each story, we see the compassion, the kindness of Jesus. And we see each story as a response to faith. Even the demon-possessed man is brought to Jesus, presumably by friends who trust Jesus can do something. And each story is a clear revelation of Jesus. You see that as we get this picture of Jesus and a response to him of faith that he can do something in that situation, in contrast, right at the end of these sets of miracles, we have a rejection of Jesus. And you see that every rejection of Jesus is is abandoning reason. So it's abandoning the man who Jesus proves he is in the ID card that he presents. And it turns into playground name calling. It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. It's a denial of the truth. I know I've got friends who respond to Jesus in such a way, uh, who think that it's, of course, me and us and the Christian At church, who have left reason uh, at the front door as we dived into faith in him. But hopefully, we see these stories, these miracles of Jesus show us that faith is a simple admission of our need and a turning to someone who can do something about it. He has an answer for death. That's the King, Jesus. He opens the eyes of the blind. That's our King Jesus. He brings cleanliness. He cleans the dirty heart. That's our King Jesus. And he loosens the tongue of the dumb to speak and to praise him. That's our King Jesus. So can I return back to where we started? How have you responded to King Jesus this summer? Perhaps just perhaps coming back on a Zoom call is giving you a fresh, a fresh and a new vision uh, of Jesus. As that great verse in the hymn states that I saw a new vision of Jesus. It's simple. The stories, the miracles, they're so simple. They speak of wonderful truth and compassion and kindness. That's our king. It's my king. It's my saviour. And the prayer uh, is that it's yours too. Let me pray. And then we're going to sing a simple song. It's a children's song in effect, but we're going to sing it together uh, because it speaks of the simplicity of the kindness uh, and of the compassion of Jesus, of which I need a fresh vision of. So let me pray and then we'll sing together. Father God, thank you so much that in these verses that uh, Matthew records, the stories of four miracles is Jesus simply goes about his business. We see. Men and women who have a desperate need and every time it's answered by the compassion and care and the kindness of King Jesus. Thank you so much that we see here uh, the true identity of the King. We see what it means to respond in faith. Father, our prayer is that you would give us a, a new vision of the Lord Jesus, that we would be drawn to him, that our affections would be raised, uh, that we would praise you for the kind of Messiah uh, that was sent in our place to bring us back to you. So please help us to glory in that this evening, uh, to do that as individuals, but to also do that uh, as a church, as your body. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that song together.